TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. This episode is sponsored by Your Imports of Memphis. They have been in the auto repair business since 1999. They serve the Mid-South specializing in European luxury cars, including Land Rover, Jaguar, Bentley, Rolls-Royce, Mercedes-Benz, Smart, BMW, Mini, Mercedes, Ferrari, Lamborghini, Volkswagen, slash Aldi, and Porsche. If you are searching for first-in-class service from people who have a passion for luxury vehicles, they are right for you. They are equipped to perform all mechanical services, including factory-recommended mileage-based services, complex repairs, and difficult diagnostics. They are located in the heart of Broad Avenue Arts District. For more information, contact them at www.euromotorcarsofmemphis.com. Glad to be back in the pod. Oh, glad. glad. How glad? So glad. We're so, so glad. Um, so yeah, we are fresh off the the plane uh, from our European adventures. <laughs> and if you want to hear more about that, stay tuned for next week's episode, mm-hmm. um, in which we're going to catch you guys up on some of our little extravagances stuff that we did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so yeah, blessed so you came have- with me, Kate. Just Aww. say. I am blessed that you had me and that I met Mama and Papa and we're just going to leave all those stories for that episode. Yeah. So, but for this episode, um, we had I Make Mad Beats and mm-hmm. we had um, Kid Maestro mm-hmm. who, um, you know, he just did not say a whole lot, but what he did was nuggets of goodness. At so, the end of gonna, it, so you have to, wa- you literally have to watch, I mean, listen, listen to the whole thing. You really do. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to shout out his uh, Instagram handle, which is the official, no. Mm-hmm. It's just official Ken Maestro. Mm-hmm. So, because he was like, oh, I forgot. Okay, but I was I like, I got know. you, bro. So, <laughs> follow him at official Ken Maestro mm-hmm. um, and you'll see all the goodness and but, all the apologetic things, too. Mm-hmm. They all just one. Yeah, they are so great. I hope oh. you guys love this episode. They're just. No, they are going they're to. They're doing real. Not that all of our guests do really amazing stuff yeah. in Memphis, but um, the they made a point to. Just talk about how like Memphis has built them into who they are mm-hmm. and how because of that, they want to keep that here. They want to make they want to pay that forward. I'm tired when we're doing this intro. No, you're fine. I know. I think you you said it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. You don't sound tired, Kate. Did you wear yourself out on the actual episode? <laughs> I did. Let's break. Let's break. Let's break. So good. <laughs> let's break down the Kate, like the whole screen. <laughs> this is being recorded after the episode was being recorded. That's how yes. we do these. Mm-hmm. So we can, and we do it so we can get a full like uh, retrospect of what the interview was. Yeah. And it was a good interview. Oh, thanks, Gil. We received that. We receive all of that. Yeah. Even though you were halfway listening. <laughs> <laughs> he asked so hey much work to do. I didn't say break all of the wall down. We can keep a little bit of the acting up. Yeah. I was oh my God. actively listening. No, no. Yeah, you were. You were you're a man of many And, it, and if I wasn't, I know that it was because I can, I can hand it over to you mm. and you guys are going to do the rest yourself. We man. do the thing. You're going to get we, the thing done. We do all the things. We do all the things. All the things. Are we trying? <laughs> I will we'll say go down that, trying to do that I've heard songs by this individual, and he is a true creative. Yeah, and what he's doing in this town mm-hmm. is a crew, a, a crew, a true <laughs> creative. A, it, that's what a true creative endeavor turns a into a yeah. crew, <laughs> a true creative. Um, and um, he just created. I'm so, so yeah. happy right now. Yeah. Always okay. Always before we get too derailed. Okay, you guys. Um, right. Before we get too derailed, um, Scovia, what was your favorite moment of this episode? My favorite moment is just him. The, yeah. His whole being is mm-hmm. my favorite. Um, he exudes exactly what he says he exudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he exudes all of him mm-hmm. um, and not part of him. And so much humility. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, I think that's my favorite. Just if you, if you haven't met him, you need to meet him. 
Yes, um, and you can meet him at his at EP show. release this Saturday, January 28th. Mm-hmm. You're not going to want to miss it. It's at Visible Music College, and it's free. Yeah. It's not like you got to dig in the, the pockets of your sofa to penny. afford this. For real. You just go. <laughs> and we'll be there. Yes, we'll yeah. be there. Mm-hmm. Um, no excuses. We're going to be there. Nope. So who's your, what's your favorite? Um, so my favorite... Other than just meeting both him and Kid Maestro, because mm-hmm. that was a joy. We've been trying to get them in the studio. Um, it's so... been really our fault because we um, have just had some scheduling mishaps. But yeah, and we left. Yeah, we left. Another country. We left the whole country. For real. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, yeah. So my favorite moment, you know, I just, I don't want to sound cliche, but I just really love the whole thing because he talked about his story and it really it encompasses everything that we we want and we hope and that is memphis mm-hmm. because it's it's people understanding that yes this city is known for good things and it's known for bad things but at the end of the day it's a city with heart it's a city with soul mm-hmm. like We've been to several places together at this point. Yep. Um, and there are cities that have no soul. There are cities that have no story behind them. It's not magical. You don't feel. Yeah, anything. it's just, just it's space just a people. city. Yep. And it's a city that's like segmented into different yeah. populace. But Memphis is not that. Memphis mm-hmm. is a city of soul, and it creates within it that, like. It has this power to create individuals. Right. And I make mad beats. Um, <laughs> All of that. Um, he, yeah, he, com- he encompasses that. That is his story, is that that grit and grind, that spirit of Memphis lies within him. And he's taking that and he's using it to tell a story, to mm-hmm. tell his story, to help others create their story. Mm-hmm. And I really am very excited to see what happens to the unapologetic label. They really, mm-hmm. um, you guys are just going to be blessed by this and and um just hearing how just important the idea of being unapologetically about you anything like stop being is. sorry about things yeah, that's the living whole living your point. truth just stop being sorry and do uh-huh. it. so that's my favorite part that's what's up so um we're going to leave this episode to you guys but um, we really want you to comment and like and share if you like it and let us know um, who you want to hear from. And if you go to the EP release, mm-hmm. which you should, it's going to be amazing and we're going to oh, yes. be there. Um, find us, take pictures or just, just take pictures yeah. and, and com- not even of us. Just, yeah, <laughs> just like com- just like comment. And we just want to interact with you guys. We want to engage with be you guys. On Snapchat. Mm-hmm. We want to engage with you. Um, we want to, yeah, that's, yeah. So enjoy this episode. Stay tuned for it. And share. Bye. The com Power to the podcast. Welcome back to Behind Bluff City, you guys. We are here with the Dynamic Duo. Mm-hmm. I am Kate Friedel. And I'm Scovia Wilson. And we're so glad to have you today. Um, Scovia, you want to tell us about our guest? Yes, you guys. I'm so excited. So there are, there are a few producers in hip-hop that have as much combined skill and mystery attached to their name as I Make Mad Beats. The enigmatic, like, faceless man behind the boards has built his reputation on an obsessive dedication to his craft, a mad scientist-like approach to tweaking samples, drums, and live instruments, and a signature sound that's put listeners in the emergency room with several broken connects <laughs> while most people first become or became aware of i make mad beats from his 2009 collaborative um, project the transcontinental with oxnard rhyme slinger roxy the story of the demanded hip-hop recluse also known as nemo runs much deeper welcome i make mad beats thanks for having me aka nemo <laughs> Yes. So before the podcast, we always like our Memphis moments. You want to explain what that is? So we like to ask people their favorite Memphis moment. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be a moment recently, Mm -hmm. a moment in history, and or it and uh, it could be both. But um, uh, and it could also be like 
including you or not. Mm -hmm. So like Hmm. favorite Memphis moment. Let's Mm -hmm. see. Let's see. Let's see. Probably when I came back here and realized it wasn't what I thought it was. Mm. In what way? Um, and wait, good or bad? In a great way. Okay. That's the reason why I'm still here. Yeah. Um, we as a city receive that. For yes. real though. <laughs> you guys are the masses the of receiving. Uh, <laughs> wait, did, have you explained that to him? Oh, he yes. knows. Okay. <laughs> Upon first meeting, she made it so that I would never forget her yeah. because of this. Uh, but yeah, it's probably when I first got back and realized that uh, there were more people here looking to push forward a uh, a more progressive kind of look on Memphis past what was the common stereotype of it. Yeah. I realized there were more people here, but more people just weren't saying anything mm-hmm. uh, because they also believed there weren't more people here. Yeah. So once I realized that, that was my uh-huh mm. moment. Wow. So what brought you initially back to Memphis? Um, Came back for a couple of reasons, but most notably Mm -hmm. to spend time with my dad. Um, And yeah, I just, I needed to spend time with my dad. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't doing too well. It was post-recession. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the world wasn't doing too well. Um, So I came back to spend time with him and, and, uh, yeah, ended up staying longer than I planned. Mm-hmm. Well, we receive you because <laughs> you're pretty great. <laughs> you know, I almost feel like 2008, that that area of time was mm. kind of when Memphis was on the cusp of either folding like a lot of cities did under the economic collapse or mm. just booming. And I feel like we did the, the latter. Like we were a city of like gritting and grinding. We talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. like we know how to hustle. And I think that's what's redeemed us and also, like, has made that kind of mentality stick. Right. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think, you know, it's it's kind of a bad thing that turns into a good thing in a sense where, you know, there are certain people who know how to deal with bad times better than other places because they're used to bad times. Like, right. You know. You know yeah. And so it allowed them to – essentially their scar was already healed over and a yeah. little bit callous to – uh, you know, those kinds of pains. Mm-hmm. So it just made them, you know, survive and last longer. And it also set this place up to be some place where after the recession, you got a whole bunch of things that are extremely valuable, mm-hmm. but uh, probably not priced at its value. Yeah. Which allows for growth. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that. Old Scovia. <laughs> yes. What's your favorite Memphis moment? I have a few because we have in a podcast in a few, you know. In a while. Um, but I would have to say working for the best job ever, right? And um, they gave me two weeks off to uh, go home to Belgium and spend time with my family. And I think that was the greatest Memphis moment in my life because we are based in Memphis, yeah. um, leading a global movement for peace and justice in Sudan. So, yeah, that is my Memphis moment, working for an organization that's very uh, understanding um, yeah, and willing to do that. That's me. How about you, Kate? Um, I am now drawing a blank. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we always have so many. I know. Yeah, we do. Um, mm-hmm. And we haven't really been back in the country very long since our yeah. last podcast. But <laughs> Brains. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to say that mine was kind of like just coming home, mm-hmm. you know, because I love traveling and I love going to other places. Mm-hmm. But then when I like actually get on the plane to actually just like, mm-hmm. and then like walk through our airport or, you know, just come home. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm here. So I'm you know home. how I feel when I'm yeah. going there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that feeling when you're coming back is the feeling that I was getting when I was going there. Especially because we weren't stuck in Dallas anymore. <laughs> so she, she really doesn't like Dallas, y'all. Oh, Dallas that airport port. is crazy. Yeah. Fort Worth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 We we experience a, a few a few things there. There's something you said that I've always wondered about. No. The phrase drawing a blank. Oh yeah. I would like to draw a blank. Yeah. Like Ooh. what would that consist of? My to life, actually every say time I drew she it, says yeah. But it is blank. Uh huh. Like, I guess sorry. that's another Tell idiom. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I'm like always mind boggled with 
idioms and all that. I'm like, how? Yeah. Wow. And I just, I, and you I say them and then I like have to explain them. And then I'm just like, I can't reason this with you because they don't exist to <laughs> they make, don't sense. make sense. <laughs> like beating around the bush. What is that? It's raining cats and dogs. I don't understand. It doesn't rain cats and dogs. No, and then a penny for your thoughts. My thoughts are much more than right. a penny. Don't just disrespect saying. me with the penny. For real, though. Yeah. Hey, but I like a penny, though. It's almost a dollar. It's just road. Um, okay. So back to you and, and why you stuck around here. Mm-hmm. You have this um, label yes. um, called Unapologetic. Yes. Why create it in Memphis? Ah, it would not be created if it weren't for Memphis. Ah. Um, it's a little it's bit purpose, of there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Its purpose is built around my experience in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, I chose to build it here because I recognized sometimes you're given things mm-hmm. and I truly believe sometimes you're given things that if you don't use what you're given, it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's wrong. It's wrong for you to be given this immense talent that could have been given to somebody. Now, first off, let me say, I don't believe I'm a talented guy. So let me, let me I cover don't receive that, that for you at all. I'll, I'll explain that later. But, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's, I was, you know, you, you acknowledge that you have, uh, been given something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, wanted to help um essentially me 10 years ago mm-hmm. mm. um you know i wanted to help the me that left here because i found out that there was more me's here than i thought mm. and uh unapologetic is uh is a way to do that it's a way to um express ourselves because this is much bigger than me mm-hmm. um it's a way for people to uh, lose inhibitions. It's a way for a, uh, I believe, I, I truly believe right now there's a silent riot happening, right? So mm-hmm. what does that mean? I, I really believe that this place has been clinging to the 60s and 70s so long mm-hmm. um, that, you know, you've created a silent riot. You've created this generation of people who are just mad at it now. Like at first it was like, yeah, okay. I mean, that's old stuff, but we're doing new stuff. And now they're legit like angry. You see them ready to break something over the fact that, you know, more, more money goes to, uh, you know, Graceland than it does to pushing forward arts and creativity of what's actually happening here right now. Right. And so these people aren't just like mad at it anymore. Like they're like, it's a silent riot. Yeah. And it's 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 creating it's that pressure mm-hmm. is creating all of these uh, these creatives who are willing to take riskier risks to get there and, and change and redefine, not erase the history. I think everybody here appreciates the history. Everybody loves stacks. Everybody loves three six. Everybody loves the amazing things, the world changing things that have come from here. Mm-hmm. But people are like. And next. Yeah, because there's more. Right, absolutely. And so unapologetic um, is my contribution to that movement. Mm. Uh, It is me saying I am taking responsibility for all of the experiences and knowledge that I've gained away from here. And instead of spending that experience, which is as valuable as money Mm -hmm. elsewhere, I want to spend it in the place that created me. Mic drop and we're done. I know, right? <laughs> Why do we need this bot box and <laughs> no reason at all? <laughs> wow, that's incredible. No, I love that. So, where did Nemo and I Make Mad Beats name come from? Like, well, you could have been like Starfish. <laughs> yeah, nah. Ne- Nemo was the name of a, uh, a shoe store. A shoe Long- store. Yeah, in Long Island. Yeah. Um, my mom used to live in Long Island, and during the summer we would. I grew up in Orange Mound, but during during the summer we would visit my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom lived in various places, um, but one particular summer, she lived in Long Island, New York. And uh, everything I ever wanted, I drew it. Um, you know, and at that point in life, uh, that meant I was drawing a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so 
Um, so yeah, so I, I, there was a shoe store called uh, Little Nemo's, and they showed uh, they sold Nikes. At the mm-hmm. time, I wanted these Hirachis. Hirachis. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would literally just go in the store, walk down the street, or ride my bike down the street, go in the mm-hmm. store, and then just draw shoes. My brother said, uh, you know, I was there so much, it was like, it was my store. So yeah. he just started calling me Nemo. Wow. <laughs> How about I Make Mad Beats? Did you come up with that? I Make Mad Beats was essentially my transformation from Nemo, the friendly guy, uh-huh. to I Ain't Going Out. <laughs> I'm about to break your neck with my beats, bruh. <laughs> or... I'm about to succeed, and uh-huh. you know, no statistic or man will stop me. Mm. And it's also my way of saying the reason why I say before I don't really consider myself a talented guy mm-hmm. is that the actual definite uh, the actual reason for that is in my name. Mm. My name is not I make great beats. It is not I make you know nice beats or you will like my yeah. beats. My name simply states that I make a lot of beats. Um. And so my hard work mm-hmm. allows me to be good at it. Mm. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you you know, you guys can tell me how you feel about it, so forth, whatever. Yeah. You know, um, I, I won't I won't tout if I'm good or bad. Yeah. I will confidently say I work very hard. Yeah. And he sure does make mad bits, y'all. You're a grinder. Yes. Mm-hmm. A hustler. Mm-hmm. Ryan, coming from a musical family, you're originally from Memphis, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, on my dad's side, yeah, my dad's side is fully uh, from Memphis. My mm-hmm. mom's side, I'm, I'm first generation American. She's from Guyana, she's which is a small country just north of Brazil. Yeah. Um, but she was raised in England, and she moved over to the states just before I was born. Mm. <laughs> Any languages? No, nah, she she spoke straight England. Mm-hmm. Well, you know English uh, because mm-hmm. you know Guyana is was colonized by England. Mm. So. Mm. So when did you get obsessed with music? Um, obsessed, man, that's, let's see, earlier than I was supposed to, mm-hmm. probably, I don't know, maybe nine, nine or when I really started to really just like listening to it, mm-hmm. um, and would just, uh, would just come home, mm-hmm. sit on my dad's couch and, uh, listen to music. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember mostly classical and jazz initially and then tribe called quest and then anything after that you know and if it sounded like uh magic yeah anything that, it didn't matter what genre it was if it sounded like uh if it sounded like the score to like some mythical fable mm-hmm. it could be dark happy whatever mm-hmm. like i mean even it g uh you know some of my favorite movie scenes are like you know like the witch on like 101 Dalmatians or like even Care Bears, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? When they were doing the magic stuff, Care Gandalf, Bear. like, <laughs> you know, Gandalf the Grey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these were guys, these were just characters, but m- the favorite parts of the movie was like, were, was their parts because they were always had some magical sound. Yeah. You know, chimes and, and these crazy mm-hmm. um, magical, yeah. you know, just you know compositions yeah. and it's funny this guy kid maestro right here the other day he uh he yeah. came in to the lab <laughs> he did what he came into the studio one day mm-hmm. i'm not classically trained at anything i've just been doing this off just feeling things out with my hands my yeah. whole life um and you know he has been taught some pretty cool things so, <laughs> so he'll come into the studio mm-hmm. and one day he came in and he did this thing he did this whole tone uh scale and and as soon as he did it, I was just like, "What is that?" Because that is literally the scale of magic. Mm-hmm. Like it just sounds like you're daydreaming and mm-hmm. you're lost in your imagination and you're flying and you've left Earth. Like, mm. and so I've like I've been looking for the right beat to incorporate that. And in ever since he did that, I haven't found it yet. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I love that he chimed in. Yes. Yes. Welcome to the pod box. Really though, we've missed you. <laughs> Film scores are my favorite. I used to listen to film scores when I was studying at university. Like, yeah. Because it's just something great to have in the background. Not only that, but also like certain ones make you feel powerful. Yeah. And they're usually like that, like you were talking about, you know, the ones that are supposed to be like sinister or. Yeah. yeah. I find that most movies, if you turn off the sound, it's not, it's nowhere near the same movie. The music is actually telling you how to feel. Mm-hmm. You just don't know it. Yeah. 
I love that. Yeah. How do you think that Memphis has impacted you and created you to be like the musician that you are? Hmm. Um. Like, do you think that you would be who you are without Memphis? Absolutely not. Mm. Um. But let me be clear. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Memphis has impacted me in a musical sense. Not, I mean, of course, there was a lot of great Memphis soul and jazz and blues. And Mm -hmm. most importantly, the fact that, I mean, not Memphis soul music, but the fact that Memphis is one of those cities that legit has a soul. Yeah. Like it does. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been to many, many cities. Mm -hmm. This place has an identity and a spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been great. Uh, but I'll, I'll be honest, a lot of who I am um, came from fighting Memphis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, as a kid and a, a hammer coming down on you mm-hmm. to forge you into what you're, quote unquote, supposed to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, but the hammer striking only made you stronger mm-hmm. and only made you push further into becoming what you want it to be. Um, so, you know, Memphis, Memphis made, again, Memphis made me a guy who was not going out. Mm, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So when you lived in Memphis, you moved to New York, which is on my bucket list, number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to go. It's number one? It really is. Okay, you have to understand, if you're an immigrant, refugee, anything, coming from a different place to America. That is the first place that you see yeah. is New York. New York is and coming in, yeah, yeah, that is it. Um, gotcha. And I just kind of just you know flew in. Well, because while you're doing the whole immigration thing in Africa or wherever, they'll show you New York. Like they'll show you <laughs> Lady Liberty. This is where you're going. Yeah. You know, so we're excited to see the lady in the torch. We're in America. You know, like everyone's excited. Um, and so I think it's really like the fantasy of being there because I, ever since I was in, in Africa, I always dreamt of exploring New York or exploring Miami and Los Angeles because all those places, quote unquote, is America to mm. everyone else. Yeah. And not Memphis and not Nashville, right? Not Tennessee, definitely. We don't know what Tennessee is. Like flying right. into Memphis, I was like, are we going back to the village, y'all? Because there right. are so many trees. On the TV in Africa, you don't see trees in America. You see palm trees. You see the beach. You see people um, with rollerblades and um, eating ice cream and those hot dogs. You're like, ooh, yes. So the perception of America is like, oh, the land of like being free and the sun is always shining on you and you have ice cream and i know it's it's literally <laughs> little did you know, know. Right. right it is uh it is personified has a uh, paradise heaven right the yeah. land of opportunities which it is right but they don't tell you how hard you have to work being here so when you come mm-hmm. to the states you're like oh i'm in the land of opportunities which you are an apartment um that you would consider not that great is lavish to someone who has been in a refugee camp because you have how many rooms in an apartment? You have uh, how many bathrooms? Well, it depends on what it is. But yeah. even even the most not great apartments is a lavish place because, one, you have a toilet inside. You have um, this room that's all to yourself, right, if, you know, if you're a one person. Um, you have a whole living room. You have a whole kitchen with everything in it. You don't have to go and get charcoal to just build fire and make food. You can right. just... You have a fridge, you have water, a tap, you could just, oh, man, it is paradise. But little do you know, nah, bro, you have to work for all of that, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it is It is my number one. I think New, New York, York is like, if, I think if you're, I, you know, I was born here, but having all of my family from other continents, mm-hmm. I think the thing that makes New York appealing in terms of immigrants is the fact that New York is very American and very wherever you came from. Yep. Yeah. You can build whatever you want. There. Like I, you know, I've been, there's parts of New York where no one is speaking English anymore. Mm. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, you know, it just depends on what, what stop you get off on the train. Yeah. There's little wherever you're from somewhere in New York where you can go and feel home mm. before you go back to Manhattan and have to deal with 
America at his finest. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> You're so right. Uh, oh, that's so funny. Well, because, I mean, that's, like you said, the first stop for immigrants. I mean, most of our ancestors were, in, my ancestors were immigrants. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just a few generations more here than yours. Mm-hmm. Um, and they came in through Ellis Island and some of them just stayed. And that's, you know, the trending pattern. And then you end up staying in these clusters of people who know your language mm-hmm. and know your culture yeah. and mm-hmm. so that's how you end up with chinatown mm-hmm. and little italy and stuff like that so. yeah exactly right so how was that like uh being a, a musician producer dj right going from memphis to new york because i was that was a tradition right from memphis to new well, york well actually i was in orlando for a little bit okay um i went to ucf and then i got the opportunity to finish college in new york mm-hmm. um but not being in new york was um <laughs> It's a it's a make or break kind of place, mm. um, which and again, like that's where I realized Memphis had built me for success mm. because. Um, all right. So, you know, I, I within a, a year or so of being in New York, I was an intern at Quad Studios right in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a million amazing platinum artists that recorded there. And, uh, and I was an intern there. Now, the funny thing about that was that, you know, they got thousands of you know applications to be interns there mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of most of those interns applications they were coming from uh audio colleges like full sail uh and others and uh you know those students that were coming to be an intern there um Look, I'll just say this. Uh, let me just keep it. Um, keep I don't, it I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't want to say too much. But at the same time, I want to make sure I'm clear. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to come from a certain income bracket yeah. to go to some of these schools, mm-hmm. right? And in that income bracket, mm-hmm. generally is more comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Never got used to comfort. <laughs> um, so when I moved to New York mm-hmm. and started interning at Quad, a.k.a. Um, the music industry's version of uh, basic training in the military. Wow. Uh, and I am not exaggerating in terms of how extreme it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very unbothered. Now, a lot of the people who went to school for this, mm-hmm. unlike me, were very, very bothered. Were very bothered. <laughs> what and is they that? couldn't take it. Mm-hmm. And they eventually left and became, you know, um, you know, skateboard designers or whatever, you know, they became. Yeah. But they just did not stay around in that in that field because it, it's hard. Mm-hmm. So I, I stayed That's there. And, and, and again, Memphis, uh, the things... You know, the things you learned early on that you thought, man, this, I don't like this. Yeah. Were the things that, again, forged you. Absolutely. You know? So interning there, were some, the people that you uh, did music for? If um, any, if we know any of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, some of them, <laughs> stop, man, stop. Um, my very first assistant engineer session was Trey Songs. Um, and then... I got a chance to engineer for uh, Jim Jones, Buster Rhymes, um, Solange Knowles. Hey, wait, Jim Jones is We Stay Fly. Okay, I met that him song, in actually. Atlanta. Remember when we went to the, um, to the PRSA? Yeah. Yeah. Again, then, I was tired and grumpy. I was like, I don't know who the hell that is. So. Okay, yeah. I didn't know who Sorry. it was. My friend Kim, she also came. Mm-hmm. She's, she like knows every musician because she, yeah. wants, she wants to do uh, music PR. Um, but, uh, he talked to Kim. Yeah, exactly. And so, <laughs> no, she's like, Scovia, we got to go meet Jim. I was like, who's Jim? Right? I was, you know, mm-hmm. she knows. So I'm like, okay, let's go because I'm being Scovia. Um, we go. And uh, <laughs> she's like, oh, this is Scovia. I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm Scovia. This is me. And she's like, oh, this is Jim. I was like, so who are you? His eyes were so sad. Like the guy was like, oh, man, we don't know who I am. You know, mm-hmm. expecting me to know. Mm-hmm. Who he was. So I uh, I learned that. But now you do. I do. You do. Shout out to Jim Jones. You stay fly, no lie. We balling. (laughs) Jim Jones, best around. Uh-huh. Who else? Daft Punk. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. A lot of people. Mm -hmm. 
Music Soul Child. Um, Missy Elliott, Ludacris, oh, wow. Scott Sorch. Um, That's so cool. I know. What do you feel like? Because, I mean, you had to interact with them. Like, mm-hmm. what do you think the biggest thing they taught you about the industry? It could be good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll do both. Okay. Um, start with the bad. Okay. <laughs> I um, like it. <laughs> the bad is just that, um, I guess, I'll say this. I, I don't know if it was my fault or their fault. You know, I don't know. Sometimes we we meet or we we uh, we learn about these celebrities and these musicians, and we love them. We look up to them so much that it's possible mm-hmm. that we put them on a pedestal that's impossible for them to like. Yeah. To you know, feel yeah, yeah. Uh, you know properly. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, I I'm not sure if, if that was me making these people out to be demigods or not, mm-hmm. and then just being disappointed when they were... People? <laughs> well, not just people. Yeah. You guys are people. Yeah. Problem people. Uh, I won't go into detail, because mm. I don't want to do that. Yeah. But <laughs> we'll leave that <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there, there's that. Um, and, you know, there's also the fact that you have to fight to be in the music industry, then you have to work, and then you have to fight to get your money that you worked for. Mm. So it's like doing the work. It's like imagine going, working 40 hours every week. Mm-hmm. You did your job, and then on Friday evening, now you got to go like make a million phone calls and yeah. do this and do that and maybe even threaten somebody to get your money. Um, that's the number one thing I saw everyone in the music industry have to go through. Um, on the positive side, of things um i saw what it really takes to you know to be a personality in the music industry Mm -hmm. you know one thing that i realized about myself uh, later than i wished i wish um wish i was like this guy Um, in a sense where he just Kid Maestro Keenan, shout out to he's a, he's a producer artist at Unapologetic. Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and make sure everybody know who it is and what it is. Um, you know, when I first met him, he definitely had a, a stronger head on his shoulders in terms of what he wanted to accomplish, mm-hmm. and even more importantly, self value. Like he really valued himself, and he really thought like I'm going to accomplish amazing things. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like transformer <laughs> I, <just, laughs> I, I just never looked at myself like that. that and, um, I am going to accomplish amazing things. Exactly. That was a good impression of yourself. We need to cut that for like a, a little segment. Like just throw that in random podcasts. I think I think that's a great idea. I think it is too. All right. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I really learned like what it takes and how sure of yourself you have to be mm-hmm. to to deal with all of those things. So. I was I was Memphis out enough to deal with hard times, but was I did I value myself enough to put myself at a, you know and to see myself at these higher levels, mm. you know? Um, now that's very philosophical. Let me explain what that means in front of you. Um, I think Scovia is a great a great example of this. You know, all all compliments aside, I speak facts. You present yourself like you clearly know you are blessed. You are, you know, a, you know, a, a conduit of a higher being that you um, that you value your mind, your spirit and your body. You present yourself in a way that says to you, like, huh, I know I am valuable. And I also think you are, too. Hopefully you pick that up from me. Right. This is one of the things that behind closed doors, we'd be like, man, Scovia is dope because of this. You know what I'm saying? You better receive all that. I, right. I was just wait. I was, man, I'm blushing y'all and tearing <laughs> up at the same time. I'm going to receive all of that. Well, I wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't like that at all. I was very detrimentally humble at times. Mm-hmm. And um, but you see the patterns in the people that would walk through these doors and they all had to 
you know, so many darts were coming at them and so many things to detract and so many this and so many that. They had to be really sure of their purpose and intent. And just learning that not through YouTube, but right in front of you mm. was big mm. for me. That's good. Wow. How do you do you feel like you've taken that on now? That you you fully encompass that? Oh yeah, definitely. I feel the flames in my. I think veins first time day. I met you, yeah, <laughs> literally. Uh, hey, you seem like a pretty like confident guy. Out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wasn't, and that's that's the thing about it. It's like, I there are some people that I must keep around at all for the rest of my life because those are the people that can really tell the story of me. Mm. To know that this person you meet was clearly not like this, yeah. not even that long ago. Um, I am just a really big fan of the phrase, smart people learn from their own mistakes, mm. wise people learn from the mistakes of others. So I try to watch and absorb as much as possible. And that includes you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we receive that. Yes, we do. Um, so we know that you have, you know, you got to mm-hmm. do. You're making He's making uh, stuff oh, yeah. happen. <laughs> let's let's talk real quick about your um your EP release. Yeah. Yes. Um, what what should people come expecting? Mm-hmm. Well, um, first, talk about okay, what it is. What is it? Yeah. When, mm-hmm. when is it? Before we like, yeah, oh, before no. we're like, okay, <laughs> this is it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so better left unsaid is an EP that um marks a level of growth for me as an artist. Um, I've been a producer for a long time. Um, but, and I've, you know, I've been an artist for a long time too, but, you know, I think there is a certain level of uh, artistry. Or there's a certain level of artist, period, that you reach when, you know, it's like, it's like let's say you wanted to wear this jacket, mm-hmm. right? And before you walked out, you asked your mom, hey, mom, how's this jacket look on me? She mm-hmm. said it looks great. Mm-hmm. Now you feel really comfortable wearing the jacket because mm-hmm. you have the opinion of your mom. Mm-hmm. What if your mom wasn't there to reinforce that the jacket looks good? Mm-hmm. There's a chance you might take the jacket off. Absolutely ch- not. Well, well, well no, I, I mean, I know. But in that example. sense, probably, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I would there, be there, like, there's oh, There's a chance man. that there are a lot of people and a lot of artists yeah. who, without um, – Without their validation, Absolutely. without the reinforcement yeah. that what you're doing is correct, yeah, you double, you triple check your, what you're doing, and mm-hmm. and you might adjust to advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been producing records, mixing records, for a lot of people for years, mm-hmm. and uh, I had never made anything that was a hundred percent me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a hundred percent the way that I thought, the way that I moved, and I. I Decided to make something without taking anyone's advice on how to make it. Mm. I didn't send it to anybody and see if they liked it or anything. I just made it locked in my studio for about a week. And uh, essentially, uh, when I finished it, um, it was an instrumental project. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I called it Better Left Unsaid. Um, because in, in this case, I think it was better without words. Mm. So that's the project. Um, it is essentially uh, a culmination of extreme emotions for me, mm-hmm. um, vulnerability, and um, and some of my wild imaginations. I I took some of the songs on there. Or one song specifically. It uh, after I made it, it made me write a story, and we turned that story into a comic book. Nice. Um, and then we turned that comic book into an animation. Um, and I'll just say that that project was the foundation for a long stream of creativity afterwards that, you know, also led to me forming Unapologetic. Mm. I just want to keep them every day of my life and <laughs> put them in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Both of you. <laughs> so where and when? So, um, Better Left Unsaid drops January 28th, which is this Saturday. Yes. Um, we're going to have an event um, at uh, Visible Music College. Big shouts to Visible Music. Uh, the guys there, you know, 
I was talking with them in the office, and they have the same passions about Memphis as I do, the same outlook. Um, so big shouts out to Visible for, you know, seeing the vision we wanted to do and, and allowing us to have it there. Um, but the event is going to be a score of such of, – of, it's going to be an interesting score. Yeah. Um, I can't say much because I'm really big on surprises. And um, there will be some interesting stuff for sale there. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be free entry. Um, have you guys ever seen Visible Music College? I have. Mm-hmm. It's a good venue. It's a great venue. Even if you're just walking down the street, it just looks like, uh, you know, next level architecture. Yeah. You know, yes. it's, it's Going to great. space type thing. It's a little yeah. diamond in the rough in there. Yeah. yeah in downtown. Is. Yeah, it is. I found it's out great. that they, that place was originally like a bank. Uh-huh. So like some of the studios in there are like bank vaults. Mm. It's pretty cool. <laughs> huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. I would like to... Uh... <laughs> I'd like to chime in better what this uh, EP is. Okay. (laughs) So he, um, he's not going to say what I'm about to say, (laughs) but this, you know, unapologetic, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, you know, we're here to change the culture of this place. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, there's a lot of things that we do. um, There's a lot of things that a lot of people do that, you know, we feel like a lot of us creatives feel like we have to leave in order to, you know, achieve our goals at the level we want to achieve them at, especially pertaining to music, especially pertaining to the type of music that I do or I make Mad Beast does mm-hmm. or a lot of the other members on our team, the artists on our team do. And not just and it's not just limited to our team, but it's a lot of us here in Memphis currently, a lot of people that I know. And this EP is going to be historic in the fact that it's it's going to mark it's the catalyst of a paradigm shift. Mm. Nobody's expecting this to be presented at the level that is going to be presented at this EP release show and the months following. Nobody's expecting it to sound as good as it's going to sound. Nobody's expecting this to come from Memphis. And when it comes out, mm-hmm. this is going to be the big beacon in the sky, the Batman signal for everybody else who wants to be unapologetic yeah. in their own home and they're going to have a hero. I make mad beats and <laughs> unapologetic crew um, to know that's possible mm-hmm. and they're all going to assemble and they're going to rise and that's going to be a great thing to see for this city. And so January 28th is going to be a historic day for Memphis music history, Memphis history uh, period. This is uh, the next chapter and you know, he's not going to say that about himself <laughs> and his own music, but that's what this means to the city. So to anybody listening, I strongly encourage you to come and be an eyewitness to this. It's going to be great. Hey, Capricorns rock. I love that. <laughs> yeah. See, remember what I was saying about the confidence thing and all that from him? There it is. <laughs> that was what I was talking okay. about. He, he, he can speak like that. You need right him. There. You need him as a little anchor. <laughs> I am a confident guy, but. You are. He has. He yep. has um, he has a special level of assurance. Mm. <laughs> he does. Oh, and the tajin. Uh, <laughs> Where my mangoes? Uh, <laughs> you just make me want to like jump on this unapologetic train. I'm not. Like, I mean, com- <laughs> but, well, yeah. it doesn't even have to be musical because being unapologetic, you're just being that's fully true. yourself. That's it, and that that's one thing. I'm glad. I'm so glad you said that. That's one thing that. You know, Unapologetic is a label, but we, and we say this a lot, we actually hate saying it's a label um, mm-hmm. because it's it's much more an idea. It's mm-hmm. just hard to, you know, when you're, when you're talking to people who are unfamiliar, you're talking to business people or whatever, mm-hmm. it's just harder to, to explain what it is and say, it's an idea. Uh-huh. You, know, you have to say it's a label. And then they're like, oh, they have something to, to, to at least Tangible. start with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, but it, it is, it is definitely not just a label. What we're doing uh, revolves around all facets of, cre- of creativity, mm-hmm. from videography to uh, dance, you know, to uh, to anything, you know, anything that is legit, unapologetically you. Yeah. Anything that's pushing the envelope of like, I just want people to just do what they would do alone, yeah, out in public. Yep. Mm. Like, yep. you know, I love it when when we when we're at shows or we're at parties, and like, you know, there's a there's a part of you that you think is not as easily as understood as another part of you. And that's okay. So you just show the easier to understand part of you until you get home. Right. You know, and uh, I just want to 
create a place or an idea that allows those people to not have to choose which version of themselves they want to be. Mm. And I love how it says a Memphis based company focusing on high level art production aligned with high level presentation. Always. Uh, yeah. I think that sums Always. it all up. There's a lot of, a lot of talent here in Memphis, you know, mm-hmm. and but one, again, when I start anything, I start to look at what worked and what didn't work. And uh, there's a lot of amazing talent here that approached it like me. And that's where I, I, I understand is, you know, there's a lot of talent here who's, who will make gold, mm-hmm. but will act like it is a rock on the street and they'll present it like it's a rock on the street. And it just, sometimes it irritates me because I'll be like, man, that's gold. Yeah. You know, I need you to put that, that needs to be sold. You know, for a higher price, that needs to be in the in the right box. Yeah. You know, it needs to be in presented. Right in a, it needs to be presented the right way because you know people here are very often uh, are detrimentally humble in their approach to presenting their mm-hmm. amazing talent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So be unapologetic. Or the results of their extreme levels of hard work. Yeah. Yes, yes indeed. For people like me. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's a mic drop, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Like, so how can people find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me. Uh, well, Nowhere. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're uh, in the lab. You will not know who he is. Yeah. I love how when you walk down the street, no one knows yeah, it's, that you are behind this Mask. You know what was funny was it was funny. I'm a, really quick. Please. At, at, at Brenner. Yeah. At the our last event, uh-huh. uh, I had the mask on, and there was somebody who came up to me and was like, you know, super excited to meet me, and was telling me that they were a fan and that they loved the show and they liked stuff from Stunt Terriers and a whole bunch of stuff or whatever. And I just responded in the mask. I said thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like a week later, I was at the store and I saw that person and I waved, and that person was like, "Who are you?" Kind of, <laughs> kind of and I was just like, "Who this?" New Year, new me. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows what I look like. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. You um, can use that. <laughs> new Year, new me, who did? Every day of his life. That's awesome. But yeah. I love that. You, I mean, you get to see who really, like, I don't know, like, yeah. character-wise, that, I'll be honest, that's where it's at. I don't, <laughs> Do you like I don't, I, I think, I think I Make Mad Beats doesn't want to be a person anymore. I yeah. Make Mad Beats wants to be an idea. Mm-hmm. So when I say... Where do you find me? You just where you find my team. We yeah. are unapologetic.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you can find us at we are unapologetic on Instagram. Um, you know, so you can search unapologetic on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, all those links are on uh, we are unapologetic.com. Man, I want to shout something out right now. I just don't know if I can. You better do it. Do it. This is the pod box where the everything happens. Yeah. This is where it's at. When, when, when is this dropping? Yeah. I mean, Friday. before your... Um, By Friday, yeah. Yeah, before, before your show. By Friday. By Friday? Boom. Yes. How you feel? Dun, dun, dun. I feel like... You feel good about it? All right. I think, <laughs> I, think, I, think we can, I think we can hint. We can hint? Taj and God. Uh, okay. Taj and God. That's right. That's yeah. right. True, true. I'll hint, I'll hint to something really cool. Um, there, very soon there will be a new place where you can find all things unapologetic. It will not be a website. It will not be a social media page. It will be something that you can keep very close to you at all times and always know what we're doing, how we're doing. You can even communicate with us. Matter of fact, if you're unapologetic, you can communicate with other people. Um. I have been working on something like that for a minute, and that will be available on January 28th. So if you want to really find out what I'm talking about. You better come to the show. Show up. He's making a mini him. (gasps) I I can keep you in my pocket. Maybe it's an app. Actually. Maybe so. This will be available uh, Y'all, on you January twenty eighth, you better come out, it is man. A USB drive that will include no. the whole project and, and and also some exclusive stuff. See? So this can actually stay in your pocket. See, um, look, my dreams awesome. are coming true. Yeah. You better that's cool. Yeah. I spoke it into existence. Look at God. <laughs> yeah. God knew. Y'all are just really cool. <laughs> yeah, for real. thank you so much for. I spending actually your brought Monday something for us. you guys. <gasps> Bringing us gifts, dynamic duo presents. I love it. We're always the one giving people stuff. I know. My soul is smiling. Just 
Yeah, yeah. Cool bag. Um, some stickers and some cups. And if you too do come to the come this weekend, we're coming. Okay, then I will gladly fill this bag up with more stuff. Um, but right now you have a really cool bag. And we will receive that tangible. Yes, (laughs) really though, (laughs) very much so. We just um, we appreciate you guys spending your time with us, but more so Mm -hmm. just pouring into the city. What? Um, would you like to leave little use with yes. as inspiration? Um, don't be me. Don't be me. Be you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be unapologetic. You know that's that's all I can say is just be you. You know if you if you admire what we're doing, don't do it. Do you? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's 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 what we're trying to inspire. Um, and I would like to say. You know, thank you for you guys for even having something like this, um, for allowing people like me and, and Kid Maestro uh, the opportunity to exp- you know express what we're doing here. And uh, you know, I've just met you, but if you're friends with her and you traveled around the globe with her, <laughs> I can only imagine the character that you have. Um, you know, I'll just say this. You know, what I'm saying like I'm I'm a guy who is I have no problem. Uh, being a fan you know i have no problem being a fan some people i don't know that's uh that's kind of an ego issue there Mm -hmm. but i have no problem being a fan and uh i'm definitely a fan of scovia and i'm definitely a fan of what you guys are doing here so now i'm a fan of you now that we've met you (laughs) greeted me with a hug so now the fandom has doubled and uh hug life yes indeed um i received both oh kid maestro You've been so quiet. It's touching. You got to please, please. I like him. I explain sure. Do you not like it? why you're the Tajan God. God. Yes, please explain this. <laughs> yeah. Even I don't. Really <laughs> yeah. It's so great. I am the Tajan God because um, when I was born, <laughs> <laughs> keep going. There was a um, okay. When I was born, there was a group of people Mm -hmm. in, you know, tan hoodies, and they had this ceremony, Mm -hmm. Um, and according to prophecy, this is really, (laughs) I just, you know what I'm saying, happened to be of the correct um, generation, everything aligned. Essentially, I was the chosen one. Yeah. Avatar. Take on. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know it at birth. And I just, you know, grew up, you know, life as a, I wouldn't say normal kid, but mm-hmm. as a, <laughs> a kid, you know, a whatever version of kid maestro or baby Taj and God, however they grow up, okay. you say grow up thinking. And, um, you know, my mom knew. My dad didn't know, but my mom knew. <laughs> and the she Oracle. just like. She essentially trained me mm-hmm. in the ways of the Titan God for me to one day step up and take my rightful place. And I'm here. So <laughs> that's, I mean, why was I the chosen one? I mean, you have to ask the Tajan God before me. But And the Tajan is what? Exactly. Tajan? Yeah. Or Tahin, as uh-huh. some might. Tahin. Hey, yo, uh, Tajin, what's good? Wait, Tajin, God, what to do? It is. Allow me to put you guys on. So, Tajin <laughs> is a hmm. spicy, good, delicious it, stuff for the mangoes. Mm. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say spicy. Oh, so good. I would say twangy. Mm. Very. It's got a lot of twang. Um, but it's 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 quite literally a perfect seasoning. Yeah. You know, on the <laughs> bottle, I had it mandated that we warn people that it's not a candy because otherwise people might overdo you know, it. Yeah. yeah. yeah might yeah. overdose. And so we put, you know, a disclaimer on it. But that's how good it is. You've never seen a bottle of Laurie's. And it says, this is not a candy. You know what I'm saying? Or lemon pepper saying, yo, chill. Shout out Pro. You know <laughs> lemon pepper. Shout, shout out, out Pro. Shout out to Lemon Pepper. Shout out my dude Pro. <laughs> shout out to shout out to two X's. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's a it's a fruit seasoning that is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um it starts with fruit, um, but it can 
quite literally going anything. Just last night, I can show you guys a picture. Mm-hmm. I baked some chicken for the first time. And you put that on there? In and your life? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it turned out quite lovely. And the Tajin. On a Sunday. <laughs> Turn up. <laughs> the Tajin was, it made it amazing. I put Tajin on steaks. I put it on everything. I put it on quite literally everything. He puts it on the rim of alcoholic beverages. No. Okay. Like margaritas. Like. Like everything. Like, yes. Ah. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a game. And yeah. if anybody thought it was a game, yeah. I'm here to let you know. Well, so when I when I met you, I was looking for it. Because in Uganda, that's exactly what we use on all our fruit. So mm-hmm. when I've been searching for it all my life since I've been in America. Yeah. And finally, I met the Tajan God. Tajan God. And of course, <laughs> he gave me my sauce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've, I, it's just so funny like, how many people, like, once I finally, you know, stepped into my role, because I was resisting at first. I was like, no, no. I'm not, this is not me. But, you know, once I finally accepted, you know, my position, (laughs) I took responsibility. (laughs) You know, I make mad beats. He talked about it's wrong Mm. for you to not use what you've been given. Exactly. (laughs) Speak that. Did you receive it? I I didn't at first. And, you know, I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I can't be selfish. Right. There are other people besides me. Like other people wish they were the Taj and God. And here I am being <laughs> ungrateful. Where are these other people? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was going to be, I just wanted it. <laughs> I just wanted the sauce. Yes. So mm. I am the Tajan God and I decree that it's not a game. And I will be happy to bless you all with Tajan bottles um, next time I see you. Yeah. There's plenty. Live your truth. <laughs> Hashtag. On a Saturday, you can fill the bag. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Could you bring them, please? Yes. Yeah, it's cool. Perfect. Yes. Okay, well, this has been amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> what would you give advice to? Mm-hmm. That was a bad sentence. What okay. What advice would you give yes. to all of our listeners? Yes. Because you were kind of quiet today. Um, sitting back. Chilling. chilling. Yeah. He knows. He's a Tajan guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Tajan guy doesn't... Um, Inspire? <laughs> doesn't doesn't speak unnecessarily. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, All right, did so, we inspire you to speak? Yes, you okay. guys did. All right. <clears throat> so, what would I? What advice would I give? Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would say the best advice. All right. So, I have two pieces of advice. Okay. First piece of advice is based off of you know my experiences up to this point, the best thing you could probably do for yourself is find out exactly what you are passionate about and go after it wholeheartedly. All day. All day. The second piece of advice is something that I have to thank, you know, I make my beats and the unapologetic squad for teaching me this is surround yourself with the right people, people that don't look at you and your passions and the things that you care about and try to hinder you, but mm-hmm. encourage you and have that for themselves mm-hmm. so you can feed off of each other because the growth, you know, increases exponentially and the community that you create, you know, with each other, when you, you know, gather those kinds of people in a room, it just like, it starts to accumulate and snowballs. Yeah. And it's like, it's a completely different world once you're in that. Like when I go to dirty socks every night, I'm completely in a different dimension and it's quite amazing because, you know, we've cultivated a culture there. Um, and that's essentially what we're trying to do um, on a larger scale with unapologetic, mm. uh, but definitely find the right people and don't, don't compromise on that either. It's very, it's take it very seriously. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. That like, is a great point. You know, and that, that might include having to let people go. Mm. Um, and if people don't understand that, then, you know, you probably shouldn't be hanging around them anyway. Absolutely. But it's it's as serious as however you want to make whatever the most serious thing in your life is. Mm-hmm. It's very imperative for accomplishing your goals. I'll say that. So if you want to accomplish your goals, you'll do that. If you don't, you won't. Mm-hmm. I love that. Me and Scully kind of talk about that a little bit because we always talk about the five people that you're around the most. Absolutely. Yes. Or who you end up being most like. Yep. And so... If you look at those people and they're like negative and ho hum, 
and you are all of a sudden negative and ho-hum, that's the reason. But if you're like in a room of fire and everybody's like pumped up, you know, yeah, like that's you end up making great things. Yeah. And then it inspires awesome. you. It it's a it's a you know, it's a very easy way to have accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, if the person next to you is doing amazing things, mm-hmm. you can't just go, you know, sit around and look at them. You're right. you're not gonna feel like you're contributing to the culture you guys created. You're not paying the rent. Iron mm. sharpens iron, bro. That's biblical. Okay. <laughs> Read <Indeed>. that book. <laughs> yeah, so that would be so my excited. advice. And then um Tajin. Just <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So to all of our listeners, get the Tajin and you can get it on uh, where? You can get it. You can now find it in Kroger. Really? Mm. Yes. I have to go to the Vietnamese store. If Kroger you, is mm-hmm. anointed. Kroger, I, <laughs> and, I, and it didn't used to be that way. No. But oh, I would have found to, it. I had to. I had to change you some things. Sure. You know okay. what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> the old Tajan God, you know, yeah. just wasn't quite as efficient in that. Right. I'm trying to make it available for everybody. So right now, Kroger, you can get it at Kroger. Mm-hmm. You can also find it at Walmart. Oh. That was another edition of You the, anointed that place too. I huh? did. Yes. <laughs> well, all honest, if you want to get some, you can. But or just come on Saturday. Just come yes, on Saturday. Just, yeah, you know what? It would With be Tajin on deck. <laughs> yes. Just come on Saturday. That's probably your best option. Even if Kroger is right down the street. Yeah. It's probably not gonna be there today yeah. or tomorrow. Exactly. Until Saturday. You know what? You're right. Saturday, <laughs> visible music college. Mm-hmm. Yes. Free. Yes, free, 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 free. Yes, and 7 PM. amazing. History is going to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then follow them on all the platforms they gave you. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you. Anybody want an apple? These are really good. <laughs> Y'all have a good night. You know what? Right. It's great with apples, guys. Tajin. Is it? <laughs> all the fruits. <laughs> all of them. Oh. oh, you guys are great. As always, thank you for tuning in to Behind Bluff City. I'm half the dynamic duo, Kate Friedel. And Scovia Wilson. And if you guys would like to keep up with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Behind Bluff City. And if you ever want to be a guest or you want to sponsor us, do contact us at BehindBluffCity at gmail.com. Again, if you want to be a, a guest or a sponsor, contact us at BehindBluffCity at gmail.com. As always, keep making Memphis great.